0: Hey, this is Rob. This is episode 75 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. All right, back in studio, we have certified Q grader, head roaster of Folly Coffee. He may be 27, but he's number one in our hearts, Folly Jeff Mooney. Hey. Welcome back. You want to get that mic way closer to your face. Great to be back, Rob. There we go. So it is, what day is it today? January 12th, I believe. So today is January 12th, and we have been meeting for at least a few weeks to record all of our plans for 2021. Um, And I say plans in a very tentative sense because we had plans for 2020, and those all went out uh, the door March 16th. But Uh, As of yesterday, things are half open again. It's looking like things are trending positively in terms of vaccinations coming out, things hopefully normalizing a little bit. And the plans we're making are kind of COVID proof, like they're they're plans that even if things were to remain the same or go back to how they were, I think we should be okay. And so we're just going to go month by month talking mostly about the coffee program and what we're going to be doing from a coffee standpoint differently than years past with things that I'm really, really excited about. So obviously, the big move for January was the launch of Folly Coffee Hot Sauce. And my joke about that has been like, like, I still see it on the shelf. And I'm like, this is fake. Like, this is totally made up. Like, reality is a simulation. Everything's fake. So society is just a a, a fragile shell and everything. And it just has happened so smoothly that I'm highly skeptical. But I'm hoping that's because of the work we've done with Folly in the past. But we have something launching. This will be, I'm going to get this episode out before the launch of your project that you put into the works. And so this will be kind of the first big, exciting coffee thing we've done in 2021. So why don't you explain what will be launched in January 25th in what started as like kind of this confo uh, like conversation where we actually were like in total disagreement about <laughs> doing something like that. And then by the end of it, we're like, Oh, this is going to be a really badass project.
1: Yeah. Um, so we've got a pretty cool project called uh, it's called Minnesota roasted. And what this is, is a roasting collaboration, between us and a bunch of other local roasters. Um, So essentially what we're doing is we're all um, sourcing the same green coffee and we're all going to put our own unique roast on it. Uh, We're going to offer that up to our own customer bases and sell those out to different people. I'm definitely going to buy a single bag of everyone's coffee just so I can taste and compare on all of them. Um, So this is like a fun way for roasters to kind of like try each other's roasting styles out Um, because we picked a coffee with a lot of complexity to it. Each roast is definitely going to be unique and have a lot of, um, you know, different fruity and vibrant characters from each roaster. Um, But all of this kind of comes to a head in that we are taking the proceeds from this and we're donating it to the hospitality industry via um, the North Stands, which is an organization that, Supports both hospitality workers and also hospitality um, restaurant owners, specifically in the um, Black and Brown community. So, and that that was something that going back to our collaboration
0: with Up, which was with CJ, who's now a Spy House. But that was something that in kind of the uh, conversations I've had after last year of as a small business, what can we do besides just host in solidarity and say, we see you and we hear you. And the conclusion I came with multiple different people across different backgrounds was that just do what you can, like whatever impact you can have, just do that and do it consistently over time. And so that's kind of something I'm trying to stay cognizant of is, hey, let's just, let's not be totally like in your face about it that, hey, we're we're with you. We see you and just do these kind of like showy things to show. But hey, let's just like at least a couple times a year put some real effort into it, whether it's just us or collaborative effort to give back to the community. And so that was kind of the, the, the aspect of it that I loved. But the way you approached me with it where I got like super uneasy is, is you were like, <laughs> I think it'd be really cool to partner up with another roaster and release like a little combo box where we each roast the same coffee and you release a bag of the same coffee side by side. And I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) (sighs) all right. So here's where our difference is. So why don't you tell me your thoughts before I go into mine of you as a coffee nerd? I go, that's awesome. But as so, so, why don't you go through your thoughts in how that idea came to be?
1: Um, yeah, well, right now I'm trying to learn everything I can about roasting. And what I really don't like about that process is that it's really hard to get a hold of information. And uh, basically, it's kind of like you're on an island trying to figure it out on your own. There's a few things here and there out there, but everyone has their own unique approach to it. And what I've seen in working at the roastery that I do, I get to roast with some people every now and again. And in those times when I'm roasting with somebody or collaborating on how to profile a coffee, that's when I'm learning the most. It's like no, uh, no comparison to what I'm doing it on my own, taking weeks to like figure something out in the roast in the roasting sphere. Um, so I really wanted to just like put all ego aside and just say like, (laughs) yeah, if, if there's better, it's better, but I'm going to try and do my best with it. And if there's better then I'm going to learn from that and, and figure it out. Uh, I, Totally understand reservations about that. <laughs> from the from the sales and marketing uh, from, side from the but business side of it. I go okay. I just, just want to be friends with everybody. You know? and <laughs> <so> trust me, <laughs> I do too.
0: And um, I, from that idealistic standpoint, that was like a really cool idea, but. Um, I like to overthink everything and go down rabbit holes of what is every potential scenario of how this could turn. uh, How could it potentially blow up in our face, which uh, I've said in the past is uh, sometimes a great thing for business, but can also be a terrible thing in my own personal life. But so I'm going, okay. so what are the different scenarios if we did a coffee launch of the same exact coffee with one other roaster? Well, okay, so you send them out in the same box. If I'm a consumer that's just tasting both, my gut reaction is just to go, I like this one better, this one's worse. Therefore, this roaster is better and this one is worse. And people might think, well, you'd want Folly to be better out of those two. And I go, actually, that would, could be a bad thing because if it is like universally agreed that a coffee we roasted was better than the other one then it might be like oh my god folly was so confident that they were going to roast this coffee better than the other roaster that they (laughs) picked that roaster intentionally with the idea of roasting it better than them and how did they choose the coffee did they choose one they were more and there's just like all these potential scenarios of someone being like oh why they must have done that on purpose or on the flip side you know, And this one, actually, I wasn't too worried about, but if if our coffee just ended up tasting way worse, I'm like you, where it's like, yeah, we're always learning. That's fine. It's going to happen. But then, you know, that's also kind of a bummer. But I was actually less concerned about that scenario and more concerned about it being like, oh, Folly was doing this on purpose in some yeah. way. Um <laughs> So that's how it started. And you and I kind of went back and forth. Basically, that was like a two minute version of like a 20 minute conversation we had on that topic. Uh, And then it kind of evolved from there. And I said, well, if we did do something like this and it's a collaborative effort, we are in a a favorable position that we should definitely make this something that we give back to the community. I think like all the collaborations we do are probably going to end up being like that. Um, And then if you're talking about like the collaboration we did with Up or previous ones we've done with Wesley Andrews, we haven't had that risk because we've both roasted a separate coffee and blended them. Mm -hmm. And so you just go, this is a kick-ass coffee. Both parties did a great job. And what it went to after that was like, okay, well, what if we got more than – how many roasters roasting the same coffee would it take for the consumer to realize, oh, this coffee can taste wildly different. And not just better or worse.
1: Yeah, and that's that's part of the the initial goal as well. The hope wasn't to have like one be better than the other. It was just to have them kind of be different. And uh, you see, in like the brewing community, like in beer, uh, it seems like there is a lot more collaboration than in coffee, and uh, a lot less competition over who's better and who's worse. And or at least as a consumer, that's how I see it. And I was kind of hoping we could figure out a way with coffee to kind of do the same thing to also highlight for the consumer, like, oh, like there's a bunch of different ways of doing this that will make it taste good. And that's where the, the Black is
0: Beautiful collaboration came into mind, where it was like, yeah. oh, wait, that this has literally happened in beer already this year. Uh, that Imperial Stout, there was a nationwide effort where breweries across the country were brewing the same beer with the same label, and I was like, oh, we could – do that for coffee and this is a consistent theme in my life is let's do what craft beer does and do it in coffee and then that idea came and then it was like how many people do we think we could get in on this and at that point I said I'm comfortable with that idea I can't take this on because I'm already at my not, not breaking point. I'd like to think I don't quite have a breaking point, but I was like, you take the lead on this and you have absolutely ran with it. So once we had that conversation, I said, I'm all in on promoting it, making this thing happen. You've got my backing. Where do you go from there? After we have that conversation of like, let's try to get as many roasters roasting one coffee and have all the proceeds go back to an awesome organization. The North Stance.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, fortunately everyone in the roasting community was pretty open to it. It was a little slow to get responses at first. Cause this is like during peak holiday season, uh, you know, but we ended up getting nine roasters, including ourselves, nine roasters on, uh, for the collaboration, which is, I would say the Dude. lion's share of the coffee community. Um, and some people that we haven't really interacted with that much, um, in coffee. So, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really excited that everyone was down to participate in this. Um, it's going to be awesome to hand over a big donation to the North Stands. Um, and it's also going to be a really cool way, I think, to bind people and kind of open them up to a little bit more uh, collaboration and maybe like some creative ideas. And then once it got to that level, then I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like... This is
0: why I – what I wanted to do in coffee, that I was like I want to make the coffee community what the craft beer community is and has been, and I want – on the consumer side, so when you look at this, it's just such a cool project, a a, a really hardcore consumer – You'd be spending a lot To get all, all nine coffees But you have nine Specialty coffee roasters Roasting the same coffee By the way We should give Cafe Imports A big shout out For this one.
1: Oh, totally We
0: reached out to them And uh, I talked with CJ Over at Spy House And talked with you And was like What coffee should we do And we're like Definitely something With really high acidity Because that's probably The easiest compo- component To like play with If you roast it darker You can get it to be lessened If you roast it lighter You can bring it out more we're sort of like something High altitude High acidity And then like Columbia uh, Nariño is the region That can up is like this is a great region to we've, we've roasted coffee from them before. Uh, it's a great region, you can make it taste like wildly different. And so, we reach out to cat. I should, this is you, you reach, I say we all the time, but this is you reach out to cafe imports, find a sample of a coffee, go, we could play with this in a big way. And then they gave it to us. Like, they put very little of their own margins, like basically just to cover costs. So, that the ideas were giving 100% of profits to the North Stand. So, with their help, we were able to. Uh, maximize the profits from the end sale. So uh, January 25th, this will get announced. I'm like super proud of what you've done. Like I got the chills when you sent me back the final list. Cause I was like, Holy smokes. <laughs> and so the, it's like, uh, all the labels will look the same. And then, Like this is kind of on me. I did not think fully through about how to get the roasters on there. Hopefully everybody has stickers they can throw on the bag, but they'll be selling directly to their consumers. uh, And you'll have an opportunity to buy it from all these different roasters um, online at their shops, at retail locations, and everybody committed to a full bag of it. Um, And then once each person goes through their bag, the the collaboration's done. Um, And so it's pretty cool because for some roasters, that's a huge commitment. Um, You know, that's on the higher end of a single coffee for us to sell online. Uh, and then we were able to co op that order and Cafe Imports, Jessica over there has been really helpful in, in uh, getting that going. So that's that's coming up in just a couple of weeks here, which I had a minor panic attack today because I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot to do for this, but like totally worth the effort. And we're going to have some real impact here and I'm really excited about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And maybe it can be a regular thing. Hopefully we can shift it away from, uh, you know, pandemic aid in the future and uh, just kind of like, refocus it towards um you know something else hopefully the pandemic goes away yeah
0: and it was it, it was an interesting <laughs> yeah hopefully um but but it's it was a great time to do it because january uh, is typically a very slow time for roasters and so there's a lot of things that we evaluated and like how to approach this without you know taking a, away potential sales from roasters focusing on their own coffees um and so that is the first big project of 2021 and the The funny thing is, as I was preparing for this episode in my head, I was like, oh, how are we going to, you know, we got to fill out a full episode. And I was like, oh, shit, we have (laughs) scheduled a lot for this year. So already I was like, oh, and then we've got the virtual coffee tasting. And I was like, probably not, because we'll be promoting uh, the uh, Minnesota Roasted for at least three weeks. But at some point we will have a virtual coffee tasting. We have everything we need to do it. That one's super tabled. But the next holiday... That we're going to be focusing on. And so I will preface this is you and I had a conversation about like the coffees we're roasting. And well, actually I want to hop back real quick. How are you going to approach this Colombia Norino in the roast profile? Does it come to your mind as a roaster that you're like nine other people are roasting this? I'm going to do this differently, or how are you approaching this coffee as you're sample roasting it and as you're deciding how the final profile should go out to the public?
1: Hmm. You know, I, I just have to get my hands on it and uh, put it in the one kilo roaster and just try out a bunch of different, different things and really kind of see how far I can push it in all directions uh, to kind of see what's in there. And then I really want to get familiar with it that way so I can decide, okay, I feel like this is the folly expression of this coffee. Um, I did two just regular sample roasts of it, two or three different ones, and they all came out pretty different. So I think it will take quite a bit of time to really dial in the pieces of it and really like figure out all the, corners of flavor that this thing has.
0: With a coffee like this, where you could roast it just after first crack and uh, obviously a bunch of different approaches during development, but bring out a really bright citrusy acidity and have it be like a punch in the face versus letting it develop more and becoming more balanced or going past that point and just having it be like more caramely, more chocolatey. How do you decide Uh, the uniqueness of the flavor profile versus like more balanced versus a more developed profile in the same bean?
1: Um, I think ultimately what guides my decision on where a coffee ends up uh, and what the flavors end up being is wanting... I I want this in all the coffees that I drink, so I want to make coffees like this. I want want cups of coffee that you want to drink like three or four cups of. I don't want... uh, you know, it's, it's nice to have that punch in the face of acidity every once in a while and have those really crisp, bright, intense flavors. Uh, but if your mouth is totally tired out by the end of that coffee, you're probably not going to uh, go back for it again and again and again and again. It's going to be like a unique thing that's kind of like one-off. Um, the coffees that I have really loved the most are just kind of like well-balanced, middle-of-the-road, easy-drinking, like just – simple but it's got enough complexity in there that keeps you coming back to it so I think when where I will end up with this coffee uh since it does have so much acidity and some fruity notes to it um it's going to caramelize really well as as well so I'm going to probably push it a little bit deeper than when I think uh other roasters might let it out of the roaster
0: And that's an interesting way to put it is the folly expression of this coffee. And that's why I'm excited about this project is we're going to taste every single one of those coffees. And I hopefully it'll be interesting to see if like the end coffee drinker, if you see people going out and buying multiple bags of this from different roasters, or if everybody's like, that's my favorite roaster, I want to support this cause and buy the one from them or how that might work. But uh, hopefully part of the message that comes across here is that it's like, there's no Better or worse way to roast a coffee. And this is the perfect coffee to show that. that That's like, there's so many different ways to approach the same coffee. Mm. So we went back on the conversation of what can we do to focus more heavily online? Since obviously a lot of the business has shifted that way this year, we've had some good successes with it. The first one being our darkest day uh, for Halloween. And I was like, here's a holiday that not many roasters focus on because it's not traditionally outside of like Christmas. Uh, and just that whole holiday period. There's not really one holiday where you go, oh, you have to release a seasonal blend for this time. Pumpkin Spice, you could argue that, but we're not in that game. <laughs> so we're like, instead of Pumpkin Spice, let's do something really badass and cool. And it like it really popped. Uh, And we saw really good online sales. And I go, oh, there's something to focusing on holidays that aren't coffee holidays. And so we're like, well, what are the other... Holidays that no other roaster does releases for. I go, well, one of my own personal favorite holidays, mainly due to my just like pure obsession with like Ireland and Irish culture. I was like, St. Patrick's Day would be badass. And so we're just like, we're we're doing that. And then 4th of July, we're doing that. And I was like, you decide what coffees you want to do. See you later. (laughs) And so we're just like, oh, it'd be cool to do. Uh, So when I go to you and go, hey, let's do a St. Patrick's Day coffee. What's your initial thought on what we should do? Because you're, I remember you're like, okay, like, what do you want in that coffee? I'm like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: my initial thought is just, this is an opportunity to do something that we wouldn't normally do, um, and I don't, should I give it away? What Absolutely. It is? Okay. <laughs> so initially, what I thought is like uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it makes you think of green and booze, and <laughs> so. Uh, I wasn't thinking about the second one so much, and I was more focused on, like, green and, like, green flavors, maybe some, like, vegetal flavors or earthy And you've, been, you've been
0: known to taste in colors. This is something that's come up multiple times. <laughs> that's yeah. not a joke. It, no, we've had this discussion. You taste in colors.
1: I just think about colors when I taste it. It's, <laughs> it's, it helps to associate. I'm no synesthete, or, you know, whatever. Yes, synesthesia. But, yeah. Um, so I thought, you know, we'd— Sumatra is, I think, completely undervalued in the specialty community right now. They have a really unique way of processing coffee that makes it taste completely different, um, from almost any other origin out there. And, uh, unfortunately it's not super high valued in the third wave scene. Uh, but I think the flavors are super cool and pretty interesting. And I've, never really roasted one before or i've roasted like one before so i wanted to try and find a really nice one and kind of aim for some more of those like dark green flavors or those earthy tones and uh maybe just a little bit of fruitiness just kind of a wacky it's kind of a wacky coffee and so i was like oh cool done i'll it'll have cool packaging
0: you know we'll we'll make it a thing it's not a thing but we'll make it a thing And then um, I just got an email of somebody trying to sell me a whiskey barrel. And I was like, wait a second. Like, why did we not think of this? And uh, that sparked the idea that I was like, dude, like, how did we not think (laughs) of doing a whiskey aged coffee for St. Pat? Irish coffee is literally a thing. And then that popped off. And then I was like, wait a second. Justin Sutherland literally just did a whiskey with Tattersall. And so I texted him and he was like, oh, yeah, I I could connect you. And he connected and. You know, kind of it's it reminded me of like our empty bags of, you know, that the coffees come in the burlap sacks to us. It's like, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Like, let's just we recycle them. There's so many of them. We can't it's like you can't even give them away. There's so many. They feel kind of the same way about barrels, I think. (laughs) Not to the same extreme because they've been aging for four plus years and it's not quite as a high quantity. But I reached out and was like, yeah, it's fine. Just come by, pick one up. Uh, I should say John, uh, John Kreiler over at Tattersall uh, owner over there at Tattersall. Uh, he's like, yeah, just swing by, come pick up a barrel. And we're, I was like, oh, OK. So we just picked up the barrel for that. And so we haven't officially decided how we're, like the packaging and how we're going to launch it. And I kind of got to decide the next couple weeks here. But I'm hoping to do an unaged portion and an aged portion and have those be side by side. And then Brandon over at, uh, shout out Brandon Martin over at Filterra Cold Brewed Coffees, obviously very closely associated with them, seeing as how I started that business with him. <laughs> he is going to cold brew it, and we're debating about bottling or canning it or how we're going to do that so that we're going to have unaged version of the Sumatra, whiskey-aged Sumatra, and a, a option to, if you're in the Twin Cities, get local delivered or local pickup, whiskey barrel cold brew and then john also said they'd love to have it be packaged up with whiskey in some way and i was like whoa that yeah is a st patrick's day release and um I know we've had the discussions of, is it challenging as a roaster to be limited to our four options? Obviously they rotate each throughout the year, but you're pretty constrained to a certain price point so that we can reasonably sell it at like at retail and still be a profitable business and keep the doors open. Is that challenging or do you feel restricted by the price points or what we have to kind of keep within our window of purchasing?
1: Uh, You know, sometimes I wish I could buy like super expensive coffees, but you know, I think it's, I think that this way, having some limitations on it really causes me to focus a lot more on what's available in coffee and then focusing on uh, really bringing out the best pieces of that and manipulating a roast to a point where I'm trying to hide certain notes or bring out. Um, better the better notes of it. Uh, you know the coffees that the price points that we have are st- they can still achieve great coffees, yeah. obviously. And uh, there is so much coffee out there that I hardly think I'll ever get to the bottom of, it or f- like feeling bored about roasting any of it. Um, yeah, I think I kind of like those parameters right now because then I have to be like creative within. That box, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like that's a really good way to learn and really sharpen some skills. Yeah, it's like um, w- when there's fewer variables
0: that change. With so if you're limited to this kind of level and price point, that variable's never going to change, and so there's never going to be a coffee that comes along. And you go, oh, this is just a much better coffee versus like, hey, I'm roasting this same Danilo Barbosa for nine months out of Brazil and like really dialing in that coffee where you're like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, this has gotten so, so good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of like that actually. Yeah. And then it would be, um, I like that there's a lens that I can kind of put on that coffee. Um, I feel like that affords a lot more personality or something. Um, if the coffee itself is just really fantastic and amazing, I love drinking those coffees. But, you know, if you drop it out of the roaster and almost anything you do to it, is, it's just going to taste amazing. <laughs> then I feel like there's less to really work for there. It's you an know? interesting
0: way to look at it. But that, that was part of the discussion in this kind of more limited seasonal release program is like, okay, this is an opportunity to at least a couple times a year, like, snag a coffee and just go, hey, price point. Let's not worry about it. Let's just do the coolest stuff that we can do. And the reason I bring that up, because so if that's launching in March, that'll bring us to the end of March and then April, May, June. then the next holiday, I I just basically picked my favorite holidays. I was like, Fourth of July. (laughs) What a great American holiday. And specialty coffee roasters, stay away from it, because it's just like it's obviously not a coffee holiday. Like people don't go, okay, but I'm like, hey, everyone's like going somewhere they need coffee to serve for people why not have a special occasion coffee for such a great weekend and then selfishly i'm like the videos and content we can create <laughs> to create, create to promote it and the packaging and everything we could do to it is like i'm i'm excited to go beyond what we've done and just be absolutely ridiculous in the marketing for it but again i come to you and go fourth of july coffee had have, have you, have you even started thinking about it yet at this point
1: no no, I'm, and I'm still in the, in the beginning stages of thinking about
0: it. Well, I had the thought while I was just driving, because I was just thinking ahead of like, okay, what's all the stuff we will have to film in the next five, six months? Because I should probably start thinking this through so that I can actually plan it out. So it's not always last second like usual. Um, and I, I just kind of hour-long drive, I started daydreaming about Fourth of July coffee. How American could we make it? Like, I just want this to just scream America and not because here's the, here's the thing I've noticed is America, not a great brand right now. (laughs) Not a lot of people (laughs) proud in what's going on. So I want to do something that's like small business America, like the, you know, in a good way, that's fun. And like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I go, well, how can we make it truly American? I go, well, there's really only one place in America now I know uh, there's California coffees. now. No, not really. Um, Hawaii <laughs> is like the one place that consistently grows coffee. And so I texted you and I was like, what do you think about a Kona coffee? And what was your response?
1: Uh, probably that it's really expensive. <laughs>
0: so yeah, you text me back the average price point per pound for the unroast. And I was like, Oh, so eight to 10 times, <laughs> yeah. The cost of what we're doing now uh, would be the cost of a Kona coffee. And so the Kona coffees you see on the market currently that are on the shelf at grocery store for $10. Jeff, how could this be?
1: Uh, well, there are specific regulations out there of what you can and can't call Kona. But if, you, if you're seeing it on your grocery shelf, there probably is some in there, but it's probably an insanely low percentage. I don't know what that percentage is, but I'm pretty sure it's in the neighborhood of like 1% uh,
0: to 3%. 1% to 3%, and they're marketing it as a Kona coffee. This is like... This is like truffle olive oil. It's, there's not real truffles in most of those. It's fake. It's like my apartment building saying I have granite countertops. I have three feet total of granite countertops and the rest is plastic. This is the minimum you can do to advertise and call something a Kona coffee. And I thought, what a cool way to potentially like blow it up right in its face and be like, no, this is going to be 100% cone of coffees. And the price point on it's probably going to be about $40 to $50. Four, eight to ten ounces.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is another reason I like that box of price that I have to work in because if I if I mess up the coffee, it's not you know. Several hundred dollars down the drain.
0: (laughs) If you roast a 30 pound batch of that, yeah, you're looking at um, a significant portion. uh, But that, and you kind of text me back with that, and I was like, what is more American than that? (laughs) Just over the top deliciousness. And like, you don't see it out there. Like, you see, like, the Kona coffees that are out there are not Kona coffee. It's like if you sprinkled, I don't know, like a little bit of something on a dish and you're like that. I don't even know how to put it. Like there's nothing like it out there where it's one to 3% of what it actually is. And you can be like, yep,
1: that's Kona coffee. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, how you market this one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to roast it. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait.
0: It's going to be a fine line of like marketing America as like the land of excess in a way that's not like totally like, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like blind or uh, that we're like aware that yeah. it's going to be a delicious coffee. And I am a, a bit nervous that the videos could be interpreted in a certain way, but I'm uh, tiptoeing around a lot of landmines. There's a lot of <laughs> landmines, but what more like, like you kind of got to do it during this time is, I know I probably lean more too much on like things should always be fun and funny, but I go, Hey, like we're a coffee roaster. And literally, our name is Folly. It's called a Folly, which means a sense of foolishness. So if there's an opportunity for 4th of July to come out with, a, a like, American coffee, American coffee, and just, like, make it awesome, then why not? So that's kind of the – that'll be the riskiest release of this year for sure in terms of just the fact that it's – the financial risk of it is for sure the highest because if it doesn't sell, then we're sitting with this coffee that we go, okay, now what do we do with this extremely expensive coffee? And then after that, uh, kind kind of get back to uh, the back half of the year, which worked this year. And so I think we'll just replicate Darkest Day uh, with uh, some different cool branding and also um, uh, Folly La La La, which has just been a hit two years in a row. If it ain't broke, don't fix it now. That's kind of the coffee program this year. So uh, we're obviously going to maintain our four that we have. We're going to be doing these limited seasonal releases for... uh, We've got the Minnesota Roasted. We've got the St. Patrick's Day coffee, the 4th of July coffee, Darkest Day, Volley Lala at the end of the year. One of our big plans for this year, or last year, I should say, 2020, was this will be the year that we start traveling and meeting farmers and learning more about the sources of our coffee so that we not only can know what everything that goes into it is, but also form a more direct connection with people we work with or that we know. And we have now booked a May trip, which again, um, everything hopefully it continues to progress as it does. And we will be able to take that trip and a uh, trip in a safe manner. Explain how this trip came to be, because I think this is the coolest like story of how we are going to be going to Peru to go live on a farm for a week.
1: Uh, yeah, I, so I met uh, my friend Daniel in my Q grading course out in Portland. Is that last year? Two years ago, almost.
0: Basically, yeah, late two thousand nineteen.
1: Yeah, um, so we I had a great time uh, going through that all those stressful tests together. And he is a farmer in Peru. He owns a his own farm, and then his grandma has a farm just down the road. Uh, he knows a bunch of other farmers, and he lives a few, a few hours outside of Lima. So uh, he invited us to come down, come visit his farm, and stay with him and help him harvest uh, during the early part of his harvest season. So he'll show us um, all the processing that he does on his own farm and all the different uh, varieties he's growing, as well as what's going on in his grandma's farm. Uh, and I think he'll also take us around to other farms in the area and kind of just give us private tours of, um, you know, all of these farms. It's a pretty awesome uh, way to get a really intimate um, experience of going to and actually learning about a coffee farm. Uh, most of the time, when you go to Origin, you're probably going to go with an importer or a bunch of other. Um, companies and you'll have a lot of people kind of milling about and getting a, a generalized tour over the farm, about the farm. Uh, I should say I haven't done that, so this is me generalizing here. But um, we're actually just going to get to stay and hang out with Daniel, and he'll show us exactly what he does. He's a super smart guy. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about um, all of his plants and how he goes about processing and harvesting.
0: The the last interesting
1: component to that is that he's not currently exporting. Is that still correct? Yeah. Yep. He's not. um, He does have some government funds, I believe, which kind of helps him out on the farm and helps him grow some specialty coffee um, and the variety, the varieties that he is growing. But yeah, he's not exporting his own coffee. Uh, He did bring some to his Q course and it's, pretty awesome
0: and that was that was interesting because my gut reaction when you're like he doesn't export coffee I was like oh well maybe we shouldn't go to that farm then but I was like wait this is the perfect scenario for a first trip for us because like you said again I'm generalizing because I haven't been on the trips but kind of the discussions I've had about what is the ideal first trip you get the kind of like well we have educational trips where you're going just to learn and I'm like, well, I could probably learn a lot more on one of these trips. Jeff probably will know everything they're saying. Uh, it'll be... Int- oh. <laughs> <laughs> In theory, you'll probably know what they're talking about. It might still be helpful to see it, but, you know, with a group, you'll probably get some people of the full knowledge range. And I, there's that experience, which I've heard is, like, amazing to be there and do. But And then there's the buying trips where you're going. And I'm like, well, we're probably not at a size where... I'd feel like I'm almost wasting their time, like th- that we wouldn't be able to n- buy enough coffee that it would warrant them to spend so much attention and time with us. And then uh, this opportunity came up, and I was like, what a perfect first trip because there's literally no pressure or like, sh- what are they expecting out of us for being here? And we'll be able to get like a highly privatized tour from somebody you already know. And I was like, by the way, how badass is that? That you're just like, yeah, let me text them real quick and see when it would work. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, he said May works. And I was like, oh, oh, and how long? He's like, however long you want. He's
1: so friendly. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. So
0: yeah." So we booked that trip and we'll uh, be taking that hopefully again um, that everything is at a point that that travel is safe basically and we're able to do that. But it is booked and um, that is something I'm really looking forward to because I've learned, especially in business, is that there's a lot of like you don't know what you don't know. And I think from multiple people I've heard is like trips to origin, that's where you really like, you're not truly a coffee roaster until you've done that because that is the final missing piece that I think we don't have and why I was placing such a high urgency of doing it in 2020, even though maybe financially it was ahead of when we should have done it. Uh, But it's like, that's what we need to be able to truly appreciate everything that's going into it down to the last step. And so that's kind of the last... I think like big thing we have planned for twenty twenty one. And this is without to mention the hot sauce, which is launched and going and is a part of the cop it really does have Folly Coffee in it. It is like it's Folly Coffee brewed by Brandon at Filterra, then co packed over uh with our co packer and into the hot sauce as made by and I was like, This is
1: crazy, man. Like Yeah. Yeah, I get, I even just seeing it in my own fridge is you know and experience. It's pretty. It's so cool.
0: And how has it been on your side? I know we've had just discussions on the side, but how has it been? Kind of dealing with uh, all of 2020 going into 2021. Has it affected how you've operated on a weekly basis too much?
1: Uh. I'm gonna it, say definitely just in it,
0: just in business. Just oh, just yeah. in the four wall you know, the walls of the roasting facility because obviously it's affected everything else.
1: Yeah. Uh you know, it's really hard to articulate how it's changed things because so much changed for us and me and my role in twenty twenty that uh you know I Started roasting. I started taking over a lot more at the roasting facility. Um, So, you know, there was so much new stuff going on with my job in general that the pandemic kind of, I would say to a lesser extent, uh, didn't affect. It was like a component. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it made it harder in general.
0: Well, it, but. I, I mean, even something like uh, green buying is casual Friday dark roast. It's our number one wholesale coffee, like hundreds of pounds going, hundreds of pounds of that going out on like a weekly to bi weekly basis. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, those are all closed. And you're like,
1: oh, yeah, that's true. Definitely predicting what our sales are going to be and then buying off of that has been tough (laughs) and then
0: I come and I'm like we're the number one new release on Amazon you're like oh and then you buy (laughs) buy for that and then I'm like hey we got deactivated on Amazon for how long I don't know
1: (laughs) right yeah those those like massive swings in volume I mean we're we're growing but we're still at the point where like when we take on a new channel or something that's a significant business shift yeah (laughs) and it's stuff I have to react to uh, for sure. Um
0: especially with pre printed bags and four different varieties and an additional two or three wholesale varieties, then I'm like, Hey, this is gonna be our biggest channel and it was for like a month at the Amazon channel, and then all of a sudden that just disappeared because I had a Gmail and a person and a business email on two different accounts and that's been ongoing for four months and we'll figure out about that next week. Yeah. In which case I'll go back to you and be like, It's
1: back on <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Full throttle again.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then, and then uh, well, how many bags do we need for that?
1: I don't know. Yep. We're just going to buy so many bags. We're never going to run out of bags. Again.
0: <laughs> Which, as a business owner, there is nothing I love more than having a ton of money tied up in inventory. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking about, I'm probably going to do a separate episode on cash flow Cash flow versus profitability because that is a weird lesson to learn. Where you're like, how is it that we're growing? And everything we sell has the margin we require, but we have no money right now. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, that, that stuff is uh, a learning experience for me, for sure. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that'll be a fully separate episode, but that was uh, yeah, yeah that was something that recently the Kickstarter funds didn't land when we thought they would, and all of a sudden there was a week where I was like, super careful with this credit card, super careful with this one, and then it came through and we're good again, but yeah, but that's kind of the fun stuff of it.
1: Yeah. Definitely, the pandemic affected that uh, that aspect of it. And having to be creative and juggling coffee inventory and finding—I
0: will absolutely never forget this moment. Like this, kind of just defines. It, it was. In, it's interesting because hindsight's. Uh, has this phrase been ruined forever? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't think we. I think it has. Because that's supposed to be oh. I was going to say hindsight is twenty twenty. that you can, I like to look back and be like, what, what worked, what didn't, why did it work? Why didn't it? And one of the things is like our operations were actually pretty smooth during all of this, not a lot changed. And I think it's because we have super tight responsibilities that you're like, I'm doing the coffee, Rob, you go do the selling, the marketing, that stuff. And I, I will absolutely never forget this, that like when I had that manic episode of creating the website and this, and I got it done and I was like, I uh, texted you this long text that I was like, hey, Jeff, I know like things probably seem hectic and crazy and like you know so uncertain, but I have a plan in place that I've been building over the past 72 hours that I'm really confident in. Like, we're going to get through this. We're going to make it through on the other side. And this is when we thought it was a two-week thing. I was like, we're going to get through on this on the other side and we're going to be in a better place. And you're like, oh, so this is like kind of a big deal, huh? <laughs> and I was like, at first I was like, how is he so unaware of what's going on? And then I was like, Wait, that's, that means we are doing things right. Where yeah. because it's like, I'll roast the order that gets and I'll roast it to the best, uh, like the best it can be. And then you go worry about that stuff. And it just all happened to land in that lane at the time. And I was like, I will absolutely never forget that. And I, I was like, what, like, what a, a, there's no more perfect way to summarize like that time of COVID of trying to figure out what everything was. And you're like, oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could chalk some of that up to me being a little bit oblivious to, <laughs> <laughs> to what was going on. But, uh, yeah, also, you you give a, a very, uh, like, high sense of security <laughs> that, <laughs> that you're going to make everything okay. And I have ex- I have accepted that for quite a while now, so I'm, I'm – uh, <laughs>
0: Where was like, "Rob will take care of it," uh-huh. and then I mean, well, I'm in for him. Like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 weird sense of uh, if it's if it's uh, like a massive pandemic that completely alters the state of our business and everything is up up and like juggled and everything's chaotic. I'm like, I totally got this. And then if I send the wrong order to somebody in the email, like, hey totally okay just want to let you know you sent the wrong coffee um I was just hoping I could maybe swap it or buy a new one I'll keep the one I have and I'm like that'll keep me up for three days (laughs) (laughs) what are you most looking forward to in this year from just purely within the
1: folly world oh man I I'm pretty excited about doing this St. Patrick's Day coffee I this is you know, multiple levels of new experience and that just the end package I think is just so cool. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about that I am kind of excited for is we're probably gonna open the tasting room up again. But <laughs> I haven't hopefully
0: even- you didn't forget about it. <laughs> I haven't forgotten about it, dude. I have not even thought about it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Obviously, when COVID went down, we actually closed it ahead of the announcements like, that like we had a couple of close encounters that luck. We got super lucky that no one got, like contact tracing and all that. Uh, none of it came from us, we don't think. And uh, we, I was just like, you know what, this is going to keep happening. It's not going to get better. Let's shut it down indefinitely. And uh, in theory, yeah, we're going to open that back up. And we still have everything in place to host a really badass tasting and tour. Um, Timing on that, totally TBD. Yep. Interesting. (laughs) I literally have not even thought about when that might happen. Um, Because those were going really well. And I've actually had multiple people reach out and ask if we're doing it. I'm like, kind of... Indefinitely, cl- it was more during the holiday. People, period. People wanted to buy like gift cards or gifts of like, hey, I wanted to give the tour as a gift. That is also an interesting point. Yeah, probably wait for the weather to at least be like warm, warm again.
1: Oh, for sure. So yeah, that- I think that'll be a good time. Maybe, maybe spring or something
0: that is an interesting point but um yeah not to mention we've got some on on the flip side we've got some like exciting openings happening one i can't talk about yet that i've hinted to you that's super super secret still uh not us opening something but somebody we know that we're going to partner with <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, V 9 is going to be opening. ye is going to be opening V 9 probably this summer. It's looking like serving our coffee. That's going to be a dope uh, opening. In theory, the places we're already serving should open back up. Uh, Angel food at the airport, downtown, we don't know, but uh, in theory, those should open back up. And um, yeah, it's an interesting um, like range of emotions I have on the sales side because it's like, in theory... These should happen, but things have been so open and closed and open and closed that this round of the fifty percent open, I was like, "Oh, that's nice," and it, yeah. and it's like, it's like going back to, just to have my heart broken again.
1: <laughs> it's
0: just like that's the range of emotion I had when of this round of opening was like,
1: "You're just gonna hurt me again,"
0: <laughs> but it's like less frantic because we've kind of built this these extra channels in uh and i think it's kind of like i posted this on my personal instagram uh picture of the whiskey barrel that was just like when shit gets rough just do cooler shit and i'm like it's it's almost like half of a distraction but also half of like you can combat adversity by being like shit this sucks and how are we gonna get through this or you can be like let's do even cooler shit to try to balance out how crappy everything else actually is
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's always opportunities to do something interesting and keep yourself excited about what you're doing. And yeah, you're super good at finding those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited for everything and it's uh it's it's awesome having you at the helm of the roasting program cuz I can just have these stupid ideas. And they always land where we want them, which is the which is the most exciting. And that's a consistent theme with Folly is I'll have a stupid idea, be like, we're going to do this. And then you're like, okay. And then, like, we just continue. Like, uh, Minnesota Roasted, which is totally your project, like, has ended up in what I think is maybe the coolest thing that's happened in the coffee community in the past couple of years. Uh, the St. Patrick's Day coffee goes from, like, I don't know, it'll be a green <laughs> bag of coffee to, like, this could be the coolest launch we do this year. And then the 4th of July is just like this opportunity to continue to push what we're doing on a roasting program and to continue to like show and do like, Hey, we really are trying to push what coffee is and like raise awareness and show people what it really truly is. Yeah. We'll see if the market's ready for a $50 bag of coffee.
1: That'll be pretty (laughs) sweet. man. Also, I'm totally excited to go to Peru. I can't believe I didn't say that. Yeah. That's the (laughs) the thing.
0: Yeah. That, that, that will be, um, again, I'm like, I'm like, I am kind of like, yeah. Let's, let's use the coffee pun. I am tamping my own expectations of like, is it going to happen or not? Cause it's just like everything I've gotten excited for in the past year has just gone to the shitter. But, um, that will, it will happen someday. If it's not May, we will be visiting Daniel in Peru and, uh, I just keep saying that because it's almost like if I do that, then it'll happen. Whereas if I get excited, then the universe, the universe will know. I just can't let the universe know what I truly want anymore.
1: <laughs> You're just going to wake up that day and be like, oh, going to Peru today. It, you <laughs> just, just like maybe. I don't know. Haven't yeah. decided yet. We'll, we'll see. Maybe <laughs> the plane will go down. I don't know. I mean, I'm
0: checked, I'm checked into the flight. So, like, I guess, like, in theory, I'll be, like, in Peru, be like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about this. Like, <laughs> our, yeah. That's kind of better my approach to everything. Time is a flat circle. Everything's made up. Uh, no expectation. No expectations of anything happening. Um, any any parting thoughts as we go into this? What may, maybe the uh, from the coffee side the most I've been excited in since we've launched. I don't know if there's been a period of like six months where I've been more amped about the next few projects coming up from a pure roasting side.
1: Yeah, I I think it's gonna. You know, we've already laid the foundation for a rock solid fun year. I, yeah, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, let's see what this button does. Hey! All right. Thanks, <laughs> I can't end on that one. Yeah, All please. right, and I'll end it like I do every other episode and say have a nice day.